wish we had something to talk about today. Yeah, I guess I guess we'll just have to talk about the Switch again. Yeah. Or we could talk about Android. <laughs> or, no, I know. I know. We can talk about how Microsoft is partnering with Amazon to get uh, Alexa to talk to Cortana. Yeah. I think could, that would be really interesting. Yeah, we could talk about that. Yeah. Or we could talk about iTunes. We haven't talked about iTunes, really. Yeah, and how we use iTunes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that there's ever been a better backup tool that was ever created besides iTunes. <laughs> we should probably talk about um, an event that happened today. I can't remember what happened, though. Yes. Yes, I think we should. So, as everybody knows at this point, Apple had its event. We're recording shortly afterwards on September the 13th. And, excuse me, no, this isn't September the 13th. This is September 12th. God, it's been a crazy week. The day of the keynote. Yep. So, I think that we should start chronologically, and I think we should get going because there's so much stuff to talk about. Yeah. So, in about two hours, they talked about... The Apple Watch, um, Series 3, and the new Watch OS. So I think we should start there. Well, I think we should take one step back and talk a little bit about Apple Park. Right. Because this was the first event there, and I think that they did a really good job with dedicating the Steve Jobs Theater mm-hmm. to Steve Jobs. Yeah, I think it looked really, really nice. They had some shots before the feed actually started the show actually started and it looked really nice i loved the all solar panel roof yeah actually it's not solar panel it's carbon fiber oh really they didn't really talk about it that much yeah yeah so the roof of the steve jobs auditorium is just a carbon fiber disc that sits atop uh curved glass extra large phone booth Mm mm-hmm well, what I thought's really cool about the theater itself is when you look at the entrance, there's nothing really in there, you know? It's just mm-hmm. kind of like a floor and some glass and a roof. And then the stairs are kind of like integrated into the side, and it's it's a circular building, and they kind of wrap down to go in. It's very, yeah. very Apple. Yeah. Uh, Steve Jobs really wanted to leave a legacy for Apple, mm-hmm. and I think he really wanted to build you know, a monument to their success. And I can't think of a better way to spend a few billion dollars than making sure that the, that the place where you create your product is kind of a temple. Yeah. It's going to be cool to see more keynotes in an Apple building like that. Yeah. I, I think that this event was super special because not only did they have a huge product announcement, but they were also unveiling the mm-hmm. campus to the press really. Yeah. I mean that room is their dedicated press room. Yeah. And they talked about the hands-on area mm-hmm. too. Which I didn't catch that. What'd they say? They just said it it was the most state of the art, newest, coolest. Yeah, I'd heard some rumors that a wall would spin around to the crowd, like off the side of where everybody would sit and that's where it would be. I I, I didn't see that part. I, I no. got a little busy right afterwards, but I it didn't show it just faded out at the after um tim cook left so yeah so i guess let's start with tim so tim took the stage and he gave a a little bit of updates and uh he 
immediately led into uh, a retail discussion after kind of paying tribute to Steve. And I thought it was really cool that they had uh, Angela mm-hmm. Arntz out on stage because Apple often gets dinged for its diversity among mm-hmm. senior leadership. And she's such a, she's such an amazing person as, as a little background. She was the CEO of Burberry and she stepped down to take over uh, Apple's retail operations. And I think they really wanted to highlight that when they approach design, they start from their campus and that's where they design their products. And I think that the new campus is a reflection of their design aesthetic. And I think when Angela was on stage, it was really cool because she was showing how they, how they were rolling out that design through their, through their stores around the world, including features like, you know, the boardroom and the, and the genius grove and all that stuff. It, it really makes your whole experience with an Apple from the very top to selling you you know, a pair of headphones, one cohesive experience. Yeah. And she mentioned a new, uh, job position, I guess that they, yeah. Like a, like a creative professional or something, right? Mm -hmm. Like kind of like the genius bar, but to show you how you can use the Apple products to do creative things, which is, is really cool. Well, and it kind of goes along with the ethos of Apple, you know, it's the marriage of software and hardware and you've got the genius who he can help you with the software too. But really, they're focused on hardware replacements and that kind of thing. And their role is not so much training you how to take advantage of this amazing hardware. And I think they've created this new position to fill a void that they've had. Yeah. So I really thought that they were going to start with Apple TV. Yeah, I'm surprised they they didn't start with that because it seems like kind of lower on the totem pole for devices. Yeah, I think normally they build from their whatever product to mm-hmm. their biggest products. And I definitely, in the continuum of Apple products, Apple TV is definitely at the low end. But oh. that's not where they started. Well, I think they, they are trying to emphasize Apple TV more because it can do more now than it used to. And the integration with live TV is huge, I think. And that's that's a pretty big game changer coming from a company of this size. With the influence they have, I think that's... a big selling point for Apple TV because I was, I've been on the fence about Apple TV, but the integration with live TV news reports, sports, I think it's huge. Yeah. And I think them putting it after the Apple watch is kind of telling. Yeah. Well, I think that they may not have started with Apple TV, but I think since we've already started talking about it, I think that's where we should start. And I think that makes more logical sense to me either way yeah so it has 4k now in hdr which not only hdr it has it supports both standards it supports hdr 10 and dolby vision which is huge yeah because when you're buying a 4k tv some support dolby vision and some support hdr 10 and the fact that they're including both those standards out of the box Mm -hmm. is huge yeah and i think the best part about the apple tv announcement was that you can upgrade your already bought HD content and upgrade it to 4K for free. And there will be the same price as HD. Yeah, I, I I actually had to step out of the out of it. 
during that section. So yeah. tell me a little bit about that. So they came out and said that basically if you've bought content in HD uh-huh. on Apple TV yeah. before, or I guess in iTunes, then you can upgrade them to 4K. Oh, so they will... Free, no cost. Oh, so essentially they'll upgrade your existing file. You'll have access to the 4K version. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's amazing. I didn't think that they would do that. Yeah, and whenever you buy something in 4K, it's going to be the same price as it is in HD. So are they raising the prices for new movies from like 20 to 30 or? They had, they did not say. Hmm. Well, maybe maybe that means Eddie Q is actually, while he's putting us through those shirts and crap that he wears, he's <laughs> he's actually out there doing some content deals at the yeah, same yeah. time. Yeah, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be pretty cool. I'm definitely more interested now in Apple TV. Honestly, all I cared about was the remote. I wanted a different remote. That thing looks like a nightmare because it's asymmetrical. Mm. I mean, it's not asymmetrical. It's symmetrical from top to bottom. So I feel like I don't own an Apple TV, but um, I feel like it would be hard to use. And plus, I'm not sure about a touchpad on there. They showed... Did you see the demo for that game that they... Yeah, about. that was like Journey yeah. with flight. I don't know, I don't really understand why they feel like they have to put games on the Apple TV. Or if they do, look, I'm happy with them putting games on it. But if you're going to do games, you have to double down and make an Apple controller. There's like there's third-party controllers that you can get. Mm-hmm. But I I mean look at looking at the new Apple TV, that thing is what like 20 30 times more powerful than a switch i mean yeah. apple's silicon game is locked down but it doesn't matter what graphics performance you have under the hood if you can't nail the price mm-hmm. and you're not dedicated to a gaming strategy if if you're going to mention that you have mm-hmm. to come up with it, it, it kind of feels like it's tacked on because there's already a ecosystem for your iPhone and your iPad that they I guess they felt like they could just tack it on to Apple TV or TVOS. You know? Yeah, yeah, and and it's it's like if you're going to charge $179 for something I think that you should even if you want to make a little more money create a first party controller. Have a real story for games. I'm never going to take Apple's gaming story seriously. Until they have a controller. I mean, and me and you have discussed that with the Switch and with other systems. The controller is so integral mm-hmm. to to your experience. I just got the Pro Controller for the Switch, and it makes me want to play more just because I, I love the, the tactile. tactile. Yeah. yeah, it just feels nice. Whenever, even if I'm playing my Xbox, I'll, I'll just pick up that, that controller every once in a while and say, man, this is nice. It <laughs> makes me want to play it. Yeah, and, and, and that... That kind of brings up another side tangent. All controllers should be universal with each other, and you should be able to use whatever controller you want with whatever system. It should just be like, this is Bluetooth 4 or 5 or whatever the standard is. Let's just standardize guys and and make them interoperable. (laughs) One day. I mean, they're talking about merging uh, online networks between game systems, so who knows? (laughs) Yeah, so I, I don't really have a ton more to say about the Apple TV. I'm excited mm-hmm. about the A10X. I th- do think that's a good processor. Um, 
even me, as dedicated as I am to all Apple hardware, I've never purchased an Apple TV. And the pure reason why I've never purchased it is just because I feel like it gets pants by its competitors on price. Mm-hmm. Because $180, when all your competition is doing everything that you do, and in some cases more, and you're charging an $80 premium, it doesn't make a lot of financial yeah. sense in my mind. Yeah. That being said, you may buy one. They're pretty cool. <laughs> so that was what they talked about second. First, they talked about Apple Watch Series 3. What did you think about that? You know, I thought it was way more interesting than I thought it would be. Um, I guess we should get into it a little bit. Over the weekend, there were some leaks. So we pretty much, we already knew what the new device would look like. Mm-hmm. And I think it's extremely uh, unfortunate to the team at Apple who have been working on this stuff for so long to have that information leak so close to the event. Yeah, it it was kind of a bummer because I wanted to be excited to see all the new hardware, but you if you already know the reveal, then it's not going to be nearly as... It was like reading the script of the next Star Wars movie. It, yeah. it was not something that I want to do, you know. Yeah, so I was completely whelmed. I wasn't underwhelmed, I wasn't overwhelmed. <laughs> I knew exactly what I was going to get. Yeah. So but I am still excited about the Apple Watch Series 3. Yeah. I've never owned one and I'm I've been on the fence about the Apple Watch as well as Apple TV, but I think the Apple Watch Series 3 that presentation sold me a lot more than I thought it was going to, even though I already knew what was going to be said. Yeah, so I've been I've been wearing the Apple Watch since it came out. I, I think I got mine maybe a month or two after it was initially released. It was really hard to find there at the beginning. Um, and with Apple Watch Series 2, you know, they brought some cool stuff. They brought... GPS and they brought the waterproofing and and those kind of things. Um and while those features are cool, they they never really spoke to me like the addition of a cellular radio would. Mm-hmm. Um there are times when I've left my phone at home and it's it's really cool because your watch will remember whatever Wi-Fi networks your phone knows. So like you know, you leave your house, you get to the office it picks up the Wi-Fi and you start getting your your notifications and messages and stuff like again. Um, I think that with the addition of a cell radio, it's it's going to bring a new level of independence to the platform, and it will be uh, far more useful for for people that are concerned with fitness. Yeah, or those that want to get into fitness. Yeah, uh, they had a really touching. Um video with people reading letters that they sent in yeah um talking about how it's gotten uh, them off the couch um got them got in got them into fitness or one guy even said it saved his life um yeah he was in a wreck mm-hmm. um that's pretty cool i i haven't really thought of apple watch being that important to people's fitness i guess i guess I thought of it as more of a motivational thing instead uh-huh. of a, an essential thing to their fitness life. But I can totally see that. 
playing into your day-to-day life like that. Yeah. Yeah. So in my day-to-day use, I really do think it, it reminds me to stand up. And if I, I don't fill the rings every day, but I'm, I'm more conscious of it. So even if you're not a fitness nut, I think what the Apple watch does is it, is it incentivizes you. It, it gets the dopamine going for, for you to accomplish something during mm-hmm. your day. It's like a reward system for it mm-hmm. on your wrist. So you can always see it. Mm-hmm. A lot of times whenever you make a fitness plan or maybe reminders on your phone or something like that, they're really easy to dismiss. Mm-hmm. But if you're using it, your watch all the time and it's always reminding you mm-hmm. to get in shape, then I think that's better than the alternative. Yeah, so Apple seemed pretty confident about the battery life on the Series 3. What did you think? <laughs> I'm never confident about battery life until I'm going to see some real-life usage. Yeah, and I'm not completely confident about it, but I do know this. I think that what Apple will do is when it's in range of your phone, that cell radio will be off-off. Like, mm-hmm. it won't use the network at all. Right. And then I think... If you if you can intelligently keep that radio turned off and you can rely on the networking infrastructure that it's already been using for so many years, I'm sure that they've hammered that out. Um, and, you know, if you're racing to sleep very quick, I don't think it'll be that bad. I think that and now if you're going on a on a marathon and you want to take off with your AirPods and with your Apple watch. I think that, you know, after a few hours of use, it's, it's going to use a significant amount of, of your battery, especially if you are using that in combination with a workout, like the workouts, if you're doing the workout tracking live, it, it essentially has the heart rate monitor on all the time. So if it's got the heart rate monitor on, and the cell phone radio on, and it's streaming over Bluetooth. I think all those things are are, are going to add up to significantly shorter battery yeah. life. It's it's cool that you can leave your phone and go running, mm-hmm. but it's also not cool in in respect that you you always have that anxiety that oh my AirPods might run out of battery or my watch might run out of battery, and I don't have a phone. Mm-hmm. I, I think that on the continuum of the Apple Watch's life, this is another step. I, mm-hmm. I feel like there's one more step in its independence yeah. from the from the iPhone. And it, it's a hard step to overcome because in the current configuration, with the cellular, you're leveraging your own phone number. But there's another step where you could take it where there are people out there that would be totally content without an iPhone and with an iPad and with most of their communication like their voice communication and notifications going through the watch to their airpods so i think it's going to be interesting to see where that goes Mm -hmm. in the next few years yeah um i did really like the the red accent on the on the on the crown yeah i have a sticker on my apple watch that i've had for a lot of years or well ever since i've had it from a company called watch dots and it adds a red accent to it. And I think I originally saw it because Tim cook had a, he had a a stainless steel Apple watch that had a red dot on it. And I think the red dot was only from the addition, 
but somehow he had a crown on a non-edition watch or something. That was a nice little accent. Yeah, and I'm really excited about the integration with Apple Music and Apple Watch. Yeah. I didn't know what the actual integration is now. Um, yeah, so so as it stands with iOS 3, you can sync one playlist um, with with... It, I'm, I'm sorry, did I say iOS? I meant watchOS. So with watchOS 3, you can sync one playlist. Uh, watchOS 4 will sync multiple playlists. So even existing Apple Watch users will get this benefit of having more music because there's 8 gigs of storage on the watch. Um, and like my watch probably, it has less than a gig of information on it because what do you store on a watch? Right. Like the ideal thing to store there is music. And without AirPods, it was like, well, figure it out. How, how, you, how are you going to play it? But now that they've fully borne that e- ecosystem out, I think it will. I think it's an incredible music listening device. Yeah, I would love to just have it on my watch, and then go to my AirPods, not even look at my phone. Especially when you have that plus phone and you got to carry that brick around all the time. I mean, exactly. Ugh. Yeah, I'm really ready to move on from that. <laughs> yeah. Well. What else? Is there anything else about the watch? Yeah, I really like the new straps, the the Velcro ones that that are fabric and they pull around. Oh, that is nice. I don't think I noticed. Did they talk about the those at all? In the, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think they called them their they're like a new version of their sport band. It's mm-hmm. like a fabric sport. That thing is really cool. Yeah. Um. Overall, I think it's a solid improvement, and I think that the uh, the platform is getting more and more mature, and I think good things are happening with Apple Watch. So we've talked about Apple TV. We've talked about the Apple Watch talked about apple's campus we talked about apple's campus we talked about steve jobs we talked about diversity diversity and all that stuff but we didn't watch the keynote to not watch watch (laughs) so much a lot of that so not watch the iphone 8 so the whole reason we showed up for this thing was to see the iphone 8 Mm -hmm. and i think that apple really really delivered i think it's a totally solid update from the seven and in a few key ways and i think the there's three things that really set me off for the uh for the iphone 8 and first off and this is gonna sound crazy because they didn't really change the screens right but what they did change in the screens was they added true tone yeah i was really excited when they yeah until you've looked at a true tone on an ipad pro you do not understand how the white balance is off on every other screen based on the lighting in your room you know it's really it's really eye-opening how much better the Mm. quality is i can imagine um and then they also added um 4k at 60 frames per second in the That's, camera and 1080 at 240 which is for the slow-mo yeah for slow motion is pretty crazy yeah which is just pretty insane yeah i'm i'm really excited to to to, to try those both of those out 
4K at 60 frames is really nice. Yeah, the uh, the camera improvements alone are amazing. The um, the portrait lighting effects. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah that that blew my mind. That is the craziest camera tech I've ever seen. Yeah, in a it, smartphone, and, it, and I think a lot of people are going to actually use it. Yeah, I think they will too, and I think that we're that we're going to see an effect all over the internet. I think we're mm-hmm. I think we're going to see even better pictures on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I think that of all the platforms in the world, Instagram gets better every year according to where the iPhone is at. Right. That and makes think, sense. Yeah, I think more than any other business, I think that Instagram benefits mm-hmm. the most. I think they hit on a really good point about photography and uh and just image processing and is is lighting is super important, probably the most important thing. Uh, and they they touched on that with that new feature and with low light performance mm-hmm. and cleaning up low light images. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and, it, and it's hardware accelerate to mm-hmm. reduce the noise because they built um, a custom GPU into mm-hmm. the A11 Bionic chip, which. Yeah, I already I saw some. I think it was uh, I forgot oh, I forgot where which side it, it was a benchmark score though, and it was pretty crazy. I can't remember the numbers. I'll have to look it up, and then we can put it in the notes or something. But it was staggering <laughs> to to look at the, that those numbers from a from a phone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that they said it was at least a. 20 to 40% increase over the A10 mm-hmm. or, or the A10X. And honestly, I don't think that anybody is looking for those gains anymore. Like nobody picks up an iPhone and is like, man, this is slow. Oh, I think they need to do that with the camera improvements and yeah. augmented reality, which mm-hmm. they are putting into iPhone 8 and sub, you know, previous iPhones eventually. But yeah, I think with the accelerated processing power that you have, that stuff is going to be, it's going to be a little bit more future proof than if they stuck with the A10, I think. Yeah. And, and, and I think, sorry, going back to the portrait lighting for a minute, I think that, you know, everybody can take a good picture with an iPhone, but, and you can have all the resolution in the world and you can get your framing right and all that, but it's so hard to get the lighting right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we even have terms like the golden hour and like all these, all these different things of like, oh, like this is when it's a great time to mm-hmm. take a picture. If you can, and you know, they're calling it beta now, but if, you, if they can really make that easy for people and we can get that nailed down, it's, it's, it's going to be super great. Well, if you look at all their, the Apple's stock photos that they use for, their product placement and what whatnot that all those photos are perfect you know and i think that's the world that apple wants to create every photo looks like that it has a glass back yes what do you think about that yeah so i'm of two minds i think it looks nice i like the glass back um and i have kind of an aversion to the term wireless charging because what I want Apple to figure out is, okay, let me plug a little brick in my wall that's like a Wi-Fi receiver. 
and let that beam energy to my phone. And I know it sounds crazy, but people are working on this technology. We should we should dedicate an episode to that yeah. because I had a long conversation with somebody who just would not believe it. Yeah, that it's it's actually possible. It is it, it is a thing, but right now it's at a state where you have to set whatever you want to charge like in a narrow band and then it kind of beams it right at it well i mean wi-fi was like this a number of years ago so you know in 1999 wi-fi was not as ubiquitous as it is now and if you think about wi-fi you're transferring data which is kind of a form of energy through the air so it can be done and what Apple is is doing is they've they've added these glass backs, and I'm not completely in love with it, and I'm not going to call it wireless charging. It's 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 contact charging or something like that, right? Because mm-hmm. um, there's still a wire. Yeah, there's still a wire, but I am glad that they are building on the Qi standard because there's a lot of those chargers out there anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, did also did they mention a charger? I didn't see them like, like a, a first party charger accessory. Um, they did uh talk about a I think they showed one that you can buy next year. Is it next year for mm-hmm. both? For for the charging pad? Yeah, they showed like the three charging pad thing, but I don't Yeah, that's don't... the only thing that they showed that you can buy. And I I don't think it's Oh yeah, and if you go to the iPhone accessories page, right now they've got the Mophie wireless charging base. So evidently Apple has not come up with a first party mm-hmm. wireless charger yet, which Okay. I'm yeah, I'm sure I'm sure it's in the works at some point and it's going to have to be different in some way. Uh, one thing I think that this does open up is, um, you know, they make battery cases, right? Mm-hmm. For their, for the regular iPhone. Mm-hmm. And those things are enormous and they have to plug in to the lightning port. Right. But now they could make one that you essentially stick it on the back of your iPhone and it charges through the Qi charge or through the back of the phone. And then if it's a first party accessory, right? then maybe you could plug in to just the lightning port on your iPhone and it would charge up both. I I don't know if technically power can go back through the glass back Mm -hmm. and it could recharge the case if that were a thing, but I think it opens up the, the, the possibility for some super cool accessories or, or maybe you don't have to charge that, but maybe they create that battery case and then you can lay the iPhone in the battery case on the pad and it will charge the battery and charge the phone. Right. So it's like chi in, chi out. Apple, instead of giving us more options for storage size, they're giving us less options, but they're getting rid of 32 gigabyte standard initial like. Yeah. You know, everybody was, everybody was pissed off about 16 gigs worth of storage. And uh, and so Apple switched to 32 gig for one year, and then they're like, "Yeah, you know what? We're we're gonna take it up again." And uh, I'm just thinking, very soon, 64 gigs is gonna be the new 16 gigs. Yeah, I'm not sure why they didn't just say 128 and 256. They didn't do that, and and here's why: they didn't do that because everybody would buy the 128 because 
Apple knows that you have to give one option that's good for 30% of people who would never even think about it. Mm -hmm. But then you can get $100 more out of almost everybody because almost everybody's like, no, you know what? I got to go up one more tier. <laughs> and I mean, it's, 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 it's going to happen to me too. I yeah. mean, my next phone will be the 256 gig, Yeah, which I'm honestly not really upset about with, with the 128 gig phone that I have. I feel like I'm already getting pretty close. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the idea of not having to think about it at all. True. So the iPhone eight and the iPhone eight plus they have, Glass backs, true tone displays, 25% louder speakers. Oh, yeah. Brand. We didn't even talk about the stereo speakers. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they've got the stereo speakers and, you know, they introduced the speakers on the stereo speakers on the seven, seven plus. Mm-hmm. So I already thought that they were pretty loud and sounded pretty good. So yeah. 25% louder. That's From what I've used on them, they're pretty loud. Sound pretty good. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm pretty impressed that they, they were able to increase it by a quarter in a year. That's mm-hmm. that's really interesting. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you can order these things Friday. <laughs> yeah. And they will be here by September 22nd, which is Soon. That's pretty quick. Yeah. Um, I think they look pretty cool. Yeah. I, think, I think I would rather not have glass just for... My anxiety, uh-huh. <laughs> but they they said that it's supposed to be the st- most durable glass used in a phone. Yeah, yeah, you know they they say that they say that all the time, right? Mm. Uh, they kind of uh, have to, I guess. Yeah, and and I I kind of I don't have issues with glass, but I do think that on the plus phones, there's so much glass that it chips a little bit easier and it does get scratched more. Mm-hmm. Um, the one good thing is, is if, if you're, if you're going with a white phone, I've noticed that the white phones do not show scratches as, as much. Mm. So if I were going to get an eight or an eight plus, um, I think that it would be wise to get the white back because I think that they're less likely to show scratches. Mm. Like they, I'm sure that they'll scratch just as much, but I, I just think it doesn't show as much. And I prefer the black face on the phone, but it definitely shows more scratches than when I had white right. iPhones. So is there anything else we should talk about? I I think, you know, we covered the watch and we covered the campus mm-hmm. Apple TV. And, and the Apple TV and the iPhone. Mm-hmm. Was there one more thing? I think, I think they, they called it the iPhone X. Oh God. I, I I think this is going to be the death of me. The, <laughs> iPhone the, the iPhone X. Yeah, I the was, official name that they <laughs> call it iPhone X. I, I I was always like a no, it's an OS ten <laughs> kind of person, and everybody would be like OS X, and I thought those days were behind me. They're like it's Mac OS, <laughs> it's gone, and then Apple decides to up and release the iPhone ten, but they <laughs> labeled it iPhone X. And once again, there's a disruption in this world and confusion is back. Well, I understand why they did it. It it looks cleaner than having two digits. Yeah. But every other iPhone has had a number. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's why people are calling it X because... Well, they had to change it because they got 
to a two-digit phone number, mm-hmm. and you can't. Like, what are they going to do when they get to eleven mm-hmm. and thirteen? And they can't call this, iPhone nine because yeah, like this is the last year they have to they have to stop. They can't do an iPhone eleven. They shouldn't even be doing an iOS eleven. It should just be iOS mm-hmm. year num year number something like just yeah. I, I don't think that these naming conventions scale long term. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we should get into the devices. Yes, there's other things besides <laughs> the name. Okay. So one thing I'm not clear on. Does the iPhone 10 have true tone? Because because it has a super high resolution OLED display. Yeah, it's at 2K now instead of yes. 1080. Yes. So does that does that screen have true tone? Unclear. I don't remember them saying. Yeah, so so what Apple introduced today with the iPhone 10 is a uh almost bezel-less edge-to-edge display that has a stainless steel band and it forgoes the familiar home button configuration which was also used to activate Siri and for Apple Pay and multitasking to, and and for and multitasking and that button is just gone mm-hmm. and now you have an edge to edge phone and what do you what are your initial thoughts about the device hmm. uh initially i thought it was really cool but the more i thought about it the more i think they're kind of putting this out there because they're also releasing the 8 and the 8 plus and this doesn't really fit in between them. It, it's kind of a separate, a separate device completely. And I think there's going to be people who are inclined to try new things, and they're going to love it. And then there's going to people. There's going to be people who aren't really sure, but it's the premium device. It's the best one. It has all the new technology in it, so they're going to they're going to want to try it, but. I'm not sure everyone's going to like not having the home button or having the rearranged functionality of it, I guess. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's definitely a cutting edge device. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've seen a lot of edge to edge phones this year. We've seen the LG G6, the Mi Max, the Mi Max 2, somehow already another version of that phone. Obviously, there's that. What's that Korean washer and dryer manufacturer there? <laughs> it's like Sam. Anyway, it's it's some kind of Android phone. They also <laughs> um, have edge to edge displays. Slam slung. Um, it's something like that. I, I think I, it sound, it rhymes with that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't keep up with Android. <laughs> um, but this. This phone also adopts that edge-to-edge design, and I think that it clearly takes some of its design cues from the Apple Watch. Mm-hmm. With the and, seams? Yeah. Yeah, definitely like the seams uh, around the edge, the curved nature of how the the glass kind of melts into the stainless steel. Mm-hmm. Also, a lot of the UI paradigms that were introduced with the Apple Watch are present. Because there's in, no home button on it. Yeah, exactly. You just swipe. 
exactly. Which and, I think is a little bit more intuitive. Uh-huh. Uh, but. Yeah, and and also, you know, the Apple Watch was the first OLED product that Apple introduced, and I think that they learned some stuff there, and now they're rolling it out into a bigger device. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in a lot of ways, it does look like the blown up version of the Apple Watch from its design cues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, what do you think of the uh, the true the what are the the one second. The true depth camera. What do you think about the true depth camera? The true system. depth camera system. I think it's I think it's an amazing piece of technology. And I think that, you know, some of those Android phones we we mentioned earlier, they are able to be unlocked using a picture. And I think that I think that Apple, you know, the rumor is that Apple was trying to embed the touch ID sensor somewhere in the screen. And they couldn't figure it out. The technology wasn't ready. But <laughs> if this is the system that they fell back onto, I mean, so you've got starting from uh, right to left, you've got the dot projector. Supposedly this phone, and I'm, I'm saying supposedly, but if Apple said it, I'm sure that it doesn't. This, this tiny projector projects 30,000 dots on your face. So it can read all this depth information. And then that's in turn illuminated by an by what they're calling the flood illuminator, that's then read by the infrared camera and the seven megapixel camera, and then it takes it basically gets a number from that, it like a mapped integer, and then it takes that goes through the secure enclave and looks at a stored map it already has of your face. And it doesn't matter if you're wearing a hat or if you're wearing makeup one day or uh, glasses or or whatever. It knows who you are and unlocks your phone. Yeah, I think this is something that they're going to have to flesh out mm-hmm. in future models. I, th- I don't think it's going to be perfected in the iPhone X. Mm-hmm. But they had to do something. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that... Um, you know, the first Touch ID sensors on the 5S, they weren't f- completely fast. They mm-hmm. were, they're fine, right? But it would occasionally give you an error, mm-hmm. maybe maybe one time out of a thousand, right? And I think it's probably higher than that. That's probably being a little generous to Apple. But, you know, one time out of every hundred, you have to put your password in. Um and as we saw on stage today, when Craig Federighi came out and did the demo, uh, it didn't so, work the first time. Uh, apparently, the word is that phone had just restarted, uh-huh. and so you would have to put in your password. Oh, okay. And so you had a second device. Okay, so maybe what happened there was the stagehand or something that helped him set it up didn't didn't know or power cycled or something. Maybe they wanted to be as fresh as it mm-hmm. could be. Um, but then every other time you used it, it worked fine. Mm-hmm. So I, I was super nervous when that happened. Yeah. I, I was. Uh, I'm sure he was too. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that there was probably a bead of sweat that just ran down the back mm-hmm. of his neck right at that moment. But you know, they turned it around. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this this true depth camera system has so many more ramifications for the iPhone. Um, I'm extremely excited about the Animojis. I know it sounds silly, mm-hmm. but 
3D tracking of a poo face? Yeah. Can't pass that up. No. I mean, I was down with all those animals. Mm. I, I thought that that was... It was super impressive. Yeah. And I think like a lot of technology that's put into the iPhone in previous years, I think that this is something that's going to be taken for granted by people. Mm -hmm. I think it's a really cool step forward for the front facing part mm -hmm. of your phone, which you're looking at all the time. I think being able to utilize the camera and other sensors now more than what, well, you know, what is there before there's the front facing camera and like a, I guess there's a sensor, a uh, proximity sensor. I think that is, is pretty huge because you can also do portrait mode with mm. a front facing camera. Yeah. And, and, and so, you know, one thing about touch ID as an authentication method is they couldn't really open that up because it didn't have a lot of other uses to developers, but this, this true depth camera system, I mean, yeah, you can use it for security, but it's also going to come with an API that you can open up to third-party developers. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they they showed Snapchat, which already does this, but I think yeah, but it looked a lot better. It would be a lot better with the iPhone ten. Yeah, I saw I saw an AR kit demonstration that was using the back two cameras on the seven plus, and it was a girl. And they were holding it up to her and she was trying on different hair colors and it was mapping in real time and it looked great with the seven plus. I can only imagine what it would look like with the dot projector mm -hmm. and with the, the, uh, I'm going to call it the TD camera system. I think there's going to be a rash of selfies on social media. Yeah. There's going to be some crazy selfie apps. Yeah. Um, so I think that. I think that it, it's coming at the perfect time. Like not only did they need something to replace uh, a touch ID, but it furthers their AR um, plan. And also it brings uh portrait mode selfies, which is super interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and you can use those same lighting effects with the front facing cameras. Mm -hmm. Um I think it's interesting that they didn't improve the the front-facing camera. They went with a 7-megapixel camera again, which – why are they going with 7-megapixel? I, I don't I, – I, I think at this point, the, discrepan the, the discrepancy between the rear-facing and front-facing camera shouldn't be that big of a difference. No. No, I think it should be far less. But I guess with the other technologies that they're adding in to the front – they probably thought it'd be fine. Yeah. Yep. So, so when iPhone first came out, there was the ambient light sensor and the proximity sensor. And now there's the infrared camera, the flood illuminator, the proximity sensor, the ambient light sensor. Well, speakerphone and microphone were there. Seven megapixel camera and a dot projector. That, that notch up there, it's, it's kind mm. of annoying when you first look at it, but you're like, dang, that houses a lot of yeah, technology. The protrusion makes a lot more sense. Um, yeah. And they've reorientated all the information at the top of the screen. So it looked like battery, self-service, and uh, Wi-Fi were on the right, and the clock was on the left. What do you think about that? Well, I think it makes sense if you think about if you think about the design of iOS 11. Okay, so when you swipe down from the clock, you're taken to the cover sheet. 
right, which was the old notification center. When you swipe down on the signal indicator or battery indicator, it takes you to control center. So it's a very logical design for both those two places. And now when you think about the cover sheet and how it takes you to that clock, you're kind of zooming in to the clock, which goes back to when you're sliding up from the bottom, since there's no home button, uh, they even discuss it on stage. You're kind of shrinking the app back down into its icon. And, and, you know, when we were first looking at iOS 11, we were like, what is going on here? It it kind of all makes sense when you see it come to fruition mm-hmm. in, in the iPhone 10. Yeah. And so they had to move the control center because the action to close apps and yeah. multitasking is all from swiping up from the bottom of the screen. So now it's at the top right where all that, the battery and Wi-Fi, all that information is. Yeah, I wish you had the option to turn it on as a card too, because I would equally, I think reaching up to the top of the phone, you know, we haven't held this thing, so we don't know what the ergonomics are like, but I think it would also make sense if you were swiping up from the bottom and if that were a card in the interface, Mm -hmm. that would have worked too. And, and, you know, there was some leaks that that showed that kind of design. after using iOS 11 on the iPad and swiping up to get to multitasking, it definitely, I like that gesture. After using it, it doesn't make sense on the 7 Plus. It just feels like when you're looking at the design, it feels kind of old. And I think it makes more sense that that's where you would want to take it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I also, I, I want to talk a little bit more about, about the display itself. So it's a super, they're calling it the super retina HD display. I just thought of super Nintendo whenever <laughs> they said that. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a mouthful Apple. Yeah. Um, but, but so it's 2k, as we mentioned, it's 2436 by 1125. Um, so I think that. 1125 is actually narrower than the iPhone 7. So I think, you know, what we're looking at is a two by one aspect ratio and it's 458 pixels per inch, which is, I'm sure it is the highest resolution display that Apple's ever. Oh yeah. Ever sold. Absolutely. And and I think from the wallpapers that came out, I, I think it's the GM that was released earlier today in the beta mm-hmm. channel i think looking at those wallpapers it's obvious that you know they're made with this display in mind yeah um also so on the iphone 10 you've also have support and we didn't mention this for the 7 and 8 but also they have support for hdr 10 and dolby vision on your phone i'm i mean just where we're at in phone technology it's just amazing it's a great time, time to 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 buy iPhones. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you could say it's a great time to be alive, but yes, it's also a great time to buy it's iPhones. It's debatable. <laughs> uh, Going back to the the the, the stuff notch. at the top yeah. the notch is that what we're gonna, the, yeah the notch yeah. we're just gonna call it the notch yeah we'll call it the notch so they they showed videos and pictures and gaming on it that it was cutting off 
the interface with that notch? Do you think there's going to be a, a software thing where you can okay, fill those in, that space up there? Exactly. So here's what I think it'll do. I think that when developers update their applications, what will happen is the area to the left and the right of the notch will just be black. And then the content will just stop right there. Uh, maybe, maybe if you're a really clever developer, you could also put a button over there mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. So like there could be a button on, depending on the orientation, like the, whatever the top notch is for either your lot left or, or right thumb. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, time will tell, but I think it looks cool when you're watching a video. I think this, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's a huge deal. But I think it could be annoying after a while. Well, I mean, when they change from the iPhone 3GS to the iPhone 4, all the resolutions were messed up. When they changed from the iPhone 4S to the 5, the resolutions were messed up. Um, When they moved to the 6, like after iOS 7 came out, then apps became resolution independent and uh, they had table views that kind of expanded. They weren't pixel perfect anymore. And I think it's more forgiving. So I think that it won't be as hard of a transition, but whenever you change anything about the screen, developers have to have to change with the times. And this is not going to be an unpopular phone. Right. So I think that the uh rate of change will come quickly and I think that we're we'll probably see some really interesting yeah. uses of of the space and I don't think it'll be bad. What do you think about going to the other side, going to the back, looking at the camera design? What do you think of the vertical dual camera system? Um what do you think that I think it looks so I'm different. So I'm super <laughs> stoked about this camera system and I'll tell you why. Because it has uh optical image stabilization on both lenses and it's so key for the telephoto because you know the telephoto you may have the 1.8 aperture on the wide angle but when you get to the 2.8 2.4 you need optical image stabilization mm-hmm. at that aperture because um you're just not getting enough light, right? right? So it's it's grainier, and it's if you can have any little, any little forgiveness in there with a wobbly hand or or, or something, it's it's going to be a good thing. And yeah. uh, it's going to be good for video. It's going to be good for low light. Mm-hmm. It's going to be good for it. You, it makes a world of a difference. Like mm-hmm. I, I just got a a new lens. Mm-hmm. It's a fifty to hundred millimeter, but it doesn't have internal stabilization. So yeah. when you're at a hundred millimeters, it's you have to be on a tripod. You have to be on a tripod unless you're shooting a slow motion, which is a lot more forgiving with hand movements and stuff like that. Or you have to stabilize it in post more, or you just have to be a statue (laughs) yeah um mostly at 100 millimeters uh it looks great though when you're at 100 millimeters because you get that depth of field but stabilization i think is 
really important because the first thing you notice about a bad video- videographer is shaking hands. Yeah. Anyone can spot that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, it, and it, it even brings way more noise in low light. So, I mean, just the fact that I'm kind of amazed that both of those sensors being that close together and the fact that they have to move around and adjust, it's mm. kind of amazing that they're, that they both have OIS. I mean, I think mm. that's, that's a pretty good achievement in itself. I think, I think the camera looks nice too. It looks more, uh, more sturdy, I guess, the way it comes straight up like that. Yeah, and it's it's way more of a system. Like, so you know, you you had on on the seven plus, you've got the cameras, and then you've got the microphone beside it, and the flash. With this model, you have like an integrated system where the microphone, mm-hmm. the 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 true tone flash, and both the cameras are all integrated into this one module, which I think. It's it's a cleaner design, and I think for repairability and uh, manufacturing, I, I think it probably is a much cleaner system. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting that they kind of doubled down on the on the waterproofing. Uh, I thought that that was interesting that they said it was sealed at a microscopic level, yeah. which. Uh, it's great. Bring on the waterproofing for everything. Like, everything. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Not that I really have an issue with with it, but just I, f- I think if they can really make it waterproof and not water resistant, I think I think that will change a lot. Because think about that when they released Apple Watch Series Two, and you can go swimming in that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people aren't aren't going to take that watch off because they don't have to worry about it getting wet. Yeah, and, and they also talked about the one feature of the new A11 Bionic chip is the neural engine, and the neural engine is controls you know, your mind. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> at, yeah. We haven't even gotten to face data yet, but uh, so so this neural engine is interesting. It's 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 essentially a machine learning, like a dedicated portion of the processor that's dedicated to machine learning in a couple different ways. A, it helps with the um, true depth camera system in that it can recognize your face um, in a in a variety of situations and different hats and things like that. It also helps. Because it uh, it seems like when they did the video demonstration in the in the desert, it also seemed like it was um, trying to white balance in real time, and all the. Are you talking about that shot when they had the? Uh, yeah, the, the like, green. Whoa. Okay, I'm talking. I'm thinking about a different thing. Like they had a green like tarp and a red desert. I don't. I saw it, a red it, tarp. Well, it wasn't a red tarp in a green desert, so it couldn't have been the same thing. Anyway, anyway, there was one shot where they were in the desert with some silk cloth. Right. And they talk about how the uh, image signal processor is breaking it into like two million different pieces, right? And analyzing that all yeah. while you're <laughs> shooting yeah. video. Yeah. Do you ever think that Apple's making a camera? 
it's like it does all these other things, right? Mm-hmm. But Apple is actually what they care about is the camera. And they're like, well, we're going to give you these APIs into this other stuff. But Apple itself, I think they're focused on mostly the camera. I think they've always been focused on the camera. Yeah. But I, with this, what we're seeing with the processing power that it has with the new chip and the processing that it's actually doing that they're showing us that it can do, I think I think now more than ever they're focusing on the camera. It, and it's less about megapixels. It's more about how you can make it better with software and hardware. Yeah. And that's their whole philosophy with everything is hardware marrying software. Yeah. And then so again with the iPhone 10 you've got wireless charging and Apple is branding it of course with an air name. They're calling it Air Power and they're going to be introducing the Air Power Mat next year. Uh I'm still going to maintain that it's contactless or contact charging. <laughs> um, it's cool that you're once this air power pad comes out, you'll be able to lay your iPhone 10, your Apple watch series three and your AirPods case on it. So well, maybe so, not our AirPods case, but yeah. Yeah. A so, different AirPod case. Yeah. So I wonder how much that case will be free. Yeah. <laughs> It'll probably be like $10, right? Man, I honestly I honestly don't know because when we got the AirPods, it was a system, you know, you had the AirPods, you had the charging cable, you had the case and that had a set price. But mm-hmm. I don't really know how much a case by itself would be. Yeah. I I want to say it'll be $50. I think it'll be $50. Now, you know what? I take that back. Anything that Apple could charge $50 for, they charge $79 for. So that's what it's going to be. It's it's going to be $79.99. I could 100% believe that it'll be 80 bucks or $79.99. Yeah. And the way that they will spend this is they'll say, hey, you know, we charge you $80 for the headphones and we charge you $80 for the case. I mean, that's a totally fair price. Um, I think... You know, if I were to buy an air power mount, which I don't see myself doing, uh, I would consider that case. Um, but again, we really didn't get a lot of information about that. And I think we're just going to have to report about that later because yeah. right now we don't have much information. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about pricing and availability. So starting with the tin. We can work our way back. Uh, it's going to start at a thousand dollars, which was we already knew that. Yeah, and you know what i I knew it was going to be nine ninety nine. I mean, there nine ninety nine is Apple's favorite price. If they could make everything nine ninety nine, they would absolutely do it. They don't like making things eleven ninety nine or twelve ninety nine because those numbers aren't pretty to them. I really feel like Apple's ideal number if they could sell the Apple Pencil. And everything else for nine ninety nine, meaning nine hundred ninety nine, they would be extremely happy. Oh, by the way, real quick, before we get too far away from the screen, it's actually a bigger screen on the iPhone ten than it is the yes. iPhone. Yes. Plus. Yeah, in a significantly smaller body. Yeah. So so here's the other thing. They it it has a bigger screen, 
And they specifically reference that its battery life was two hours longer than an iPhone 7. Don't believe it. Don't believe it. Well, so here's the thing. <laughs> That's just me, though. So you've got a bigger screen and a smaller body, but it's OLED. True. But it's OLED. So, But it's also doing a lot more if you use the camera a lot. Yeah. And, and, and you know, in, in the new firmware, they ship some black backgrounds. And the thing about OLED is, is if it's a black on the screen, it's an it's an LED that's shut off. Right. So with LCD screens, a black on the screen is a color representation of mm-hmm. black. Like it's not. Right. It's not real. Mm-hmm. Whereas black on OLED is actually black. Yeah. So I think if you have the right wallpaper, <laughs> seriously. Yeah. Uh, it probably is, but with that screen and that battery, because um, the seven, one thing that the plus phones have going for them is the battery life is battery is great. So, which is something iPhones were never known for. I see. I think that's not true. I think always iPhones have always been known I've, for that. I've always every friend I've had that's had an iPhone, their battery's always dying, mm. and they always have to charge it. Mm. Previous phones I've had. Battery wasn't really an issue, but with well, the you've Plus, never had one of those Android phones. That's true. Their battery life is atrocious, and they cheat. They just throw a giant battery at it. So, like, they're like, "Oh, it's a three thousand three hundred milliamp hour battery." Well, Apple's batteries aren't that big, right. and they're more efficient, and they last longer. Well, um, their processors are better too. Yeah, exactly. If you make your own chips you're able to optimize your battery for just what you want it to do. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to come down to having it in my hand and using it, you know? Mm. So, so, you know, there was this phone that came out a few years ago and it was called the, uh, the iPhone four. Never it, heard of it. You, you may have heard of this. <laughs> I don't, phone. I don't remember that far back. That phone had a stainless steel band around it and it had, uh, there was this one thing where, Every now and then, it just wouldn't get data. I wonder what what is going to go on with the tin because we're back to the glass design, stainless steel well, band. They didn't show us how to hold it, so I'm in. I'm lost here. Yeah, yeah, I've got no clue. <laughs> they should have demonstrated that. I don't know. It's a good question. I liked how they moved the Siri integration into the side button. I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. Although, I mean, you're just going to say, "Hey Siri," but still, I. Especially with AirPods, it's mm-hmm. know, less of an issue. But I I do like in iOS 11 being able to do type to Siri by holding the home button. Yeah, yeah, that is a so good you don't feature. have to you don't have to talk mm-hmm. or have her talk back or him or it. <laughs> yep. So it's 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 coming in two different colors. It's it's coming in what they're calling silver, and the other is black. I'm assuming that the black is. Uh, a black band around the edge. The silver is a silver band around the edge and then a white back. But the front is going to be the same. Yeah. Because I mean, why? And you know, I, I think we already discussed this. Like, why would you have multicolor just front displays mm-hmm. on a bezel-less right. screen? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's ugly. Um, so back to pricing. Yeah. So pricing is nine ninety nine for the 64 gig model. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Eleven fifty for the two hundred and fifty six gig model. Right. 
Um, oh, and it's not black. Excuse me. It's space gray. Or if you do the upgrade program, it's 56 bucks a month for 24 months. Or the AT&T installment program is 47 and change a month for 24 months. Yeah. So I think my current installment plan is, um, I think it's around $47 a month. So, you know, we discussed this earlier. Yeah. The price is, is definitely going to be higher, but will anybody actually notice? Okay. So the 256 gigabytes iPhone eight plus is I think just under a thousand. So okay, so sixty-four gigabytes is going to be eight hundred, and the two fifty-six is going to be nine fifty. Wait, go back. Does that does that come in jet black anymore? We have space gray, silver, and gold. No jet black. So rose gold is gone. I think that has to do with the glass back. Yeah. So rose gold is gone, and jet black is gone because they. We're talking about how it's going to keep the same color tone under the glass. And I wonder if the the black was just, I don't know. Maybe they just want to change it up. Space gray looks black to me, but I, they don't, they can't call it gray or else that's drab, you know? Yeah. They definitely made some significant changes to their lineup. They changed a lot of colors. They changed capacities. They added a whole new uh, branch of the tree. Uh, it's there's a lot of new iPhone stuff, mm-hmm. and and I'm so happy that uh, on Friday we'll be able to order the iPhone 10. On Friday, yeah, Are you talking it's about Friday, the eight right? or the ten, the ten, the ten. Well, the pre-orders don't go out until October 27th. Oh, wait, that's right. <laughs> oh man <laughs> are you gonna cave and get the eight no 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 i'm definitely not i you done with home buttons i'm done with home buttons <laughs> but man it's such a long time away well and then it's november 5th i think is when so like you know the next week so not till november yeah so pre-orders start on october 27th for november 3rd delivery so um it's a long time out. It's a while. It's a long time out. Uh I personally I'm definitely holding out. I'm mm-hmm. I'm I mean I've, I still am on the 6S plus. So I can wait. I've yeah. done it before. I'm do I can do it again. Yep. Yep. And I think uh I think it's listener if you're out there and you're listening to this podcast and you're wondering should I get the iPhone 8 or the iPhone 10? My emphatic advice is look, don't have to make a decision between a small phone and a portrait mode camera. Like, like don't sacrifice for size or camera features. I think that's the biggest sell for me is you get a bigger screen in a smaller, much smaller device. Yeah. The plus size phones are plus in every, every way that was positive in the past and every way that was negative. As well, meaning weight and you know just pure pocket size. The mm-hmm. iPhone 10 is a compromise on on both fronts. It's a bigger screen and a smaller mm-hmm. body. And I was hoping that they would the eight 
plus and the 8 would have smaller bezels just a little bit. But it looks like it's going to be exactly the same. Well, you know what? They must have, I wonder if they have some deal with uh, case makers. No, no, man. It's just momentum. For They they started that that really the basic design with a 6. Mm-hmm. So they can do that in their sleep at this point. Right. You know? I wish we would have had more to talk about, but I th- I think we still have a lot more that we'll have to revisit when it comes out. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, our, our original intent was that we would do this episode, and then our next episode we would discuss the new phones. Mm-hmm. But it seems like we will have a little bit of bring out your dead time, and we'll be able to discuss something else in between. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, they'll definitely be a break with whatever topics that we come up with or have in the back of our heads but yeah i am super excited for the new phone and i think that it's definitely going to be worth the wait yep